0: Hi, and welcome to the Savvy Social Hour podcast. This show is for female biz babes looking to uplevel their business and become rockstar entrepreneurs in no time. I'm your host, Jenny, and I'm so excited to chat with you about today's episode. Let's get right into it. Hey Savvies, welcome back to another episode of the Savvy Social Hour podcast. I'm here today with Mariah Lazuski. Mariah is a website strategist over at Mariah Magazine Web and Strategy Studio. She works with online business owners to help them get more website traffic and improve their SEO by creating a website strategy that's unique to their business goals and ideal audience. She's been quoted on Forbes.com, interviewed on USA Weekly, and was last year's SEO keynote speaker in the Creative Growth Summit. When she's not zipping through cyberspace, she enjoys exploring new cities and supporting local creatives, or testing out DIY Pinterest tutorials, because hand-molded clay pots aren't going to make themselves, you know? So I'm really excited to have Mariah here to chat today all about the most common mistakes that people make on their website, so let's just dive right in. So hey, Mariah, welcome to the show. I'm so excited that you're here, and I cannot wait to chat all about the most common mistakes that people make on their website with you. So before we dive into the episode, just tell us a little bit about yourself and your business, and just how you got started doing it all.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, thank you for having me. First off, this is awesome. Um, So I'm Mariah, born, raised, and living in Buffalo, New York, where I basically shovel snow for a living. Just kidding. (laughs) It kind of like depends on the season. Um, But no, really, I'm a website strategist and a consultant over at MariahMagazine.com, where I work with online business owners to help them get more website traffic and improve their SEO by creating a website strategy that's unique to their goals and their ideal audience. So my job is essentially to make sure that your website makes sense for the people that are on it. Because at the end of the day, your website is where all of your online efforts kind of point back to, like your podcast for example, your YouTube channel, your social media, your content marketing. All of that is driving people back to your site to learn about you and how you help them. So the website is like, a super important foundation. And that's really what I focus on. Um, how did I get started with all of this? Honestly, by trial and error, like I knew I didn't want to work for somebody else for my whole life. So after switching my college major a few times, I uh, ended up learning enough about the foundations of the web to quit school and kind of figure out the rest of my own. And then starting my online business has been kind of trial and error too, which I think happens with a lot of us in the online world. Uh, Like we're not sure exactly what we want to do at first, but we're curious enough to figure it out and then passionate enough to keep moving forward until we find that sweet spot that kind of works for us.
0: Totally. Yeah. I mean, I've kind of gone through the same thing. I mean, not like I started with social media management But now I'm just doing basically mainly Pinterest management and I kind of narrowed it down, niched it down. I mean, it's still like the same thing basically, but just like more narrow and not just like, I do all the things related to social media because it's like really hard to keep up with everything. So like picking like one, two, maybe three things that you focus on makes it a lot easier for you um, as you like kind of are trying to figure out what you actually want to do in your business. Yeah, yeah, especially when you're like,
1: Oh, no. I'm on things that like I don't care about when I really like don't have to and like that freedom is technically all up to me yeah so like I don't know I think that's the really cool part about working online is like we we kind of know like the broad topic of what we're interested in but like once we find that it's kind of like free game to test out different avenues and where to take it
0: Totally, totally, and I think that's just, just the fun part of it all. Because you're just like, I don't have to do this thing if I don't want to do it. Like, I hated doing like Facebook management. I was just like, this is boring. Like, it's hard <laughs> yeah. to, like really get people commenting because if they don't see it on their feed, then they're never gonna see it. It's not like people visit individual pages ever. So yeah, like, those there, people-
1: yeah, those. Those uh, plummeted pretty quick. I remember when they were like the big hype for like a minute and that everybody was like, so kidding, get them on Pinterest, get them on Instagram, like actually find a way to connect with them. And Facebook groups became the huge thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. Facebook groups are so much better to actually like build a community these days because you can really get engaged with people. I mean, obviously like you can do Facebook live on your page, but like I said, like it's more likely to show your group and of up your, just your page that you're actually live. So I think it's a lot better to build a community that way or via Instagram or something. So when it comes to websites, kind of what are some of the things that every single website needs to have on, like just in general to set themselves up for success? Of course, this is going to be, you know, there's going to be some essentials for every single person, but depending on what you actually do in business, whether e-commerce or whatever you do, um, that's, there's going to be some different things, but like, what do you think like the bare minimum things that people need to have on their website is?
1: Yeah. So honestly, the one main, main, main thing that you need on your website is definitely to have Google analytics set up. Yeah. Um, So I know it sounds like a little techie, and especially if you're not like a data or a numbers person, the word word analytics might make you want to like pull your hair out. (laughs) But in terms of seeing how your audience is interacting on your site, it's seriously golden information. Um, It only takes like a few minutes to set up, and even if you don't want to look at the information right away, Mm -hmm. it'll come in handy down the line when you're looking to improve your website or see which content does the best with your audience and. It essentially gives you insight on what's working and what's not. So you can make tweaks and get better results and more clients and make more money in your business. So I wish that I could literally just go into every single website on the internet and just make sure that they have Google analytics because I know how powerful it can be. Right. Um, I agree with that. Yeah. It's like, it's pretty wild. And then like that also helps you figure out which, pages you need essentially i mean you know every website should have your home page your about page contact page if you're blogging having your blog you know front and center that's important too your services showcase that stuff but essentially in order to see which pages are working the best it's like you need that that analytics that information that tells you because like let's say that people like you don't put a lot of time into your about page. Right. And then you have Google analytics set up and you're like, Oh crap. Most of my people are going on my about page. Like they want to read about me before they hire me. So like that will kind of push you in the right direction to kind of strategize that about page and get more out of it. Mm -hmm. So I think that like hands down, that's what every single website needs.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I think like, kind of like if you are a blogger or a podcaster or something like that, and you put like your show notes on your website, if you're a podcaster, it's really helpful to see what content is resonating with people the most, because I think that helps you craft what you're going to talk about in the future. So like if something did really, really good, then maybe you can further expand on it and talk about that again, versus like focusing on those things that maybe weren't as big of a success, but you know, just putting your focus on like the top 10, maybe 15 pieces of content that you see in Google Analytics that people are like constantly going back to and like your most popular content of all time. That's going to be a good thing to focus on and it'll help people kind of resonate with you more because they're like, oh, cool. She's continuing to put out content that I actually like. It's not just a bunch yeah. of you.
1: Yeah, for sure. And it gives you more insight on like who your audience is. So like a lot of my clients, for example, it's like they think that their audience is this group. And then we look at their Google, Google analytics and then the like site actually attracting a completely different audience. Right. So it's like, there's a huge gap in like the content that they're putting out that we wouldn't have noticed
0: unless they had Google analytics. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Cause it's not always who you think that you're going to attract that you're attracting. Like you may say, I want to attract, Betty, who lives in Canada, that is between this age and this age, but if you're not attracting that person, that's who you want to attract, you might need to make some changes, and Google Analytics can kind of make you help you see that.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then another really good thing to look at in Google Analytics is like, which platform you should actually be spending your time on?
0: Yeah. Yeah, like if it's Pinterest or Instagram or whatever is bringing you the most traffic. For me personally, it's Pinterest. Um, Instagram comes in second. Facebook and Twitter are I have them, but they're so automated, I don't ever actually physically touch them. So it's like the channels that I don't focus on and they don't bring you much traffic and I'm okay with that. You just need to kind of know where you need to put your energy so you're not wasting your time.
1: Yeah, yeah. Especially like Instagram can be a real time sucker. Um so like me, for example, like yeah, Instagram brings me, you know, a decent amount of traffic, but Pinterest brings me a whole lot more and like Google like SEO brings me a whole lot more. So it's like I'm better off spending my time you know, focusing on keeping to improve the SEO and focusing on the Pinterest versus spending all of my time on Instagram when it's not really bringing me as many results.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Especially like when you're limited for time, like if you don't have a lot of extra time to spend, why would you be spending all your time on Instagram trying to make people convert when you have solid um, results from SEO and Pinterest?
1: Yeah, exactly. So yeah, so I I think... I think that information is extremely valuable, especially for like an online business owner when like your website's it, like you you don't have a brick and mortar, you you don't have people walking on the sidewalk seeing and like driving by your business, you know what I mean? So like these analytics are going to be 10 times more powerful for you.
0: Totally. Yeah, 100%. So now let's just dive into the core of what we're going to be talking about today, which is the most common mistakes that you see that people are making on their website. So we can just kind of start and go through them and then talk about them a little bit and then kind of go from there. So what is like the number one thing? I mean, it doesn't have to be in order, but just like the number one thing that comes to your mind where you're like, Whoa, this is a huge mistake. Why are people always doing this?
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, I mean, I spent a whole lot of time on the internet, so <laughs> I definitely see some, see some problems and some common mistakes. Um, One of them is honestly focusing too much on design and leaving out the strategy of it. So like I see so many pretty websites online, but when it comes to like giving me the information that I'm looking for or getting me to where I need to be on that pretty website, it's either a total maze or way too overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And so like if that's the case, I'm not going to stick around or take action at all. I'm going to leave the site and
0: find another solution. Totally. Yeah. I think that is something too. Cause like, sometimes I see people like, I don't care if you have like 10 services, but when you're trying to say, Oh, if you want SEO help, go here. If you want social media help, go here. If you want, you know, to be on my podcast, go here. And they have like more than like three or four options. It's like, Whoa, what are you actually an expert in? You know, like it's hard to um kind of determine that and it's overwhelming. And I think people just see that and they're like, Oh, that's great. Okay, bye.
1: Like they just Yeah, yeah. And like a lot of things, it's like, especially the visual aspects of it. It's like there is a lot of business owners when designing a website, um Or like when working with a web designer, they focus too much on those visual aspects, like those fun little graphics, those, you know, background images, um, animations, or finding creative ways to display like your page title. Mm -hmm. But like at the end of the day, what really matters is getting people the information that they need. So like if you don't have a strategy behind that design and every element doesn't have a reason, you're probably overwhelming people. And then you also have to take into consideration like your page speed, like those animations or that background image or those visuals. Like, is that slowing down your site? Yeah. Because it's- like if your site isn't loading quick enough for people to stay on it, they're not even going to see those pretty visuals.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's not going to be worth it in the long run, even though it is pretty. Yeah, I definitely agree. Having a strategy is really key because – you know like yeah pretty websites are nice but if your copy isn't really compelling to people they're not going to want to buy your service or buy your product or whatever it is you're selling so you need to really focus on that i think that's something people forget about like they go and they're like oh hey i'm gonna get my website designed but then they don't have all the other elements ready like they don't have the copy ready and they don't have like their like structure right they're just like leaving yeah it out or like
1: or like a brand atmosphere you know what i mean like all of the elements need to be visually cohesive Totally. Totally. Because that kind of like with a website, you visually want to demonstrate that you are an authority. And yeah. so like having a cohesive brand is one way to do that with people that don't know you yet. Yeah. It's, it's coming across professionally. And then there's another mistake that kind of plays into this one that I do want to talk about. Um, a lot of websites, they're not clear. I mean, you kind of touched on this but like they're not clear on who they help or what they do Mm -hmm. so like literally within two seconds of being on your site I should know if I'm in the right place or not I should know what you do and how you help people I should know what problems you solve and then touching back to the first thing it's like after I know that you offer the solutions that I need I should then be directed to the next step Mm -hmm. so like me, for example, like, hey, I'm Mariah, I'm a website strategist. If you're looking to increase your traffic or improve your SEO, view my packages to see how I help you. Yeah. And then after they click over to the view the packages page, have a next step on that page and be like, okay, cool. Now fill out this contact form. Like that's literally telling them exactly what to do. And it's essentially making sure that A, they're in the right spot and then B, taking them on a journey to get them to where they need to be. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Don't make people jump through hoops to work with you because chances are they will not. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: for sure. For sure. And like that also comes to, I mean, one of the rules that I always tell clients is you need to have two forms of contact on your contact page. Like if you're going to have a contact form, that's great. That's awesome. But you should list your email address. I, I do
0: too. Yeah. I think that's really important because how sometimes the contact form may not deliver things properly. And then you're like, never got the email. And then people are Wondering, well, this person clearly isn't reliable. Then he didn't respond to me. Like,
1: Yeah, yeah. And like, you're not going to know that your contact form has a problem until you realize that your contact form has a problem. Exactly. Like, at that time, it's like, how many inquiries did you miss out on? And then some people, honestly, don't even trust contact forms. If they see a contact form, they won't even fill it out. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I know that people get weird about like spam. Like, If they leave their email address and their contact page, they're going to get overloaded with spam. And honestly, if you have like I use Gmail or G Suite for business, they have amazing spam features now like that shouldn't be a barrier for having people contact you like the, the pros of having that email address on that page definitely outweigh the cons of it. And then have your social media handles like put your Instagram link. So like, let's say somebody feels more comfortable DMing you on Instagram, let them. Like yeah. have
0: the barrier to contact you be as easy as possible. Yeah. You need to make it easy to contact you for sure. And I think that's a really good tip about leaving your email there. Cause I do that too. And I think that's really good. And I, honestly, I get more spam in my contact form than I actually do in my inbox. it yeah. oh, <laughs> sure. never actually makes it to my inbox, but I'll see like the little, like, you know, one new contact thing and I click on it and it's always spam. So it's like,
1: Alrighty then. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like spam happens. It's just, it's the way of the internet, unfortunately, but yeah, that's my recommendations for that. Um, but then like one of the bigger, like another big mistake that I kind of just want to touch on is people when people don't showcase testimonials or reviews on their website. So like essentially your website is your 24-hour salesperson. So like if you hired a salesperson, let's say to go door to door to promote your business, almost guaranteed in their pitch, they would mention some kind of results or a testimonial statement from an old client. Because what that does is it helps paint a picture of how you took somebody's problem and solved it for them. And that's what people are looking for when like they're looking to hire you. So it's like they need to see that you have a solution to their problem. And I know that like a lot of people think that displaying these is kind of salesy, but it's all about how you do it. So like, obviously if you're like making up your testimonials, that's like not cool. <laughs> it's totally icky. But if you're literally highlighting how you've helped your past clients, that's amazing information. It helps your website visitors that might never get the chance to meet you in person, start to actually trust you. Mm-hmm. And then it builds like a no, a no, like, trust factor on your website and at the end of the day us humans only hire or buy from people that we trust so it's just a really powerful way to start building that trust right away on your website
0: yeah I think I think that uh, for some reason I feel like that comes into play even more so with products for some reason people want to see testimonials for products even more so because I don't I don't know why I just that's from my experience that's what I've seen because I don't really have, like, I don't, I don't, I haven't put any on my website in a long time and I, I'm getting redesigned soon, which I probably will do that. But I found that like people do really ask me for testimonials for like client work, but people will be weirded out if they don't see any testimonials on like a sales page for like a product, which is just weird. I don't know. It's like, yeah long, it's lower entry point too. So I'm like, well, why is this bigger investment not a big deal when you're having someone do it for you? But this lower investment. Is- yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think that kind of comes from like online shopping. So, like Amazon, for example, we don't buy products unless we read reviews. Yeah, I mean, I think that's where that comes from. But in terms of even selling your services, like me, for example, if somebody doesn't have testimonials on their site, I probably won't reach out to them. That makes sense. Like I read testimonials, and I see like what kind of problem that person had and then how it was solved. Because like, if that's the same problem that I have and that's the same solution that I want, like, that's how I know that you're really going to solve my problem in a way that like makes sense for me. So it kind of, it just, it paints that picture for me. So I always, always recommend if you do have client testimonials, um, you know, you don't have to have all of every single one you don't have to have like somebody write you a full novel about how wonderful you are you know what I mean but like after every project wrap-up for me even with services I send them just a feedback questionnaire and then I leave them a spot to like write a testimonial like hey what was your problem beforehand and like how did I help you solve it
0: yeah, I know I think I think it's great. I actually collect them too. I just haven't gotten around the on Long website. Whoops. But <laughs> I, kind of, I kind of feel the same way about like when people don't put their prices on their website. Like I won't contact someone if they don't put their prices. How do you feel about that?
1: Um yeah, pricing is another one where I always suggest put a starting at price. Yeah, at least. So what that's gonna do, it's gonna weed out the people that don't have the budget for you. And it allows you to still like you're not setting it in stone either you're still leaving the flexibility of being like listen Margaret thanks so much for reaching out but your project is actually going to be you know five hundred dollars more than the starting at price because of xyz
0: Mm -hmm.
1: yeah it's not backing you into a corner per se but it is like because otherwise you're either going to think one of two things if there's no price either that you know, they're, I don't know, like making up a price every time somebody emails them. <laughs> like, sometimes I feel like that if people don't have a starting up price, um, or that they're too expensive. Yeah. A lot of times it's like, damn, like if you, if you don't have a price, like you must be really pricey. So it's yeah, like, I'm not going to reach out to then have that awkward conversation of being like, <laughs> not in my budget. So yeah, like,
0: exactly. I feel the same way. Like who wants to spend time reading through emails and getting excited about potential clients to find out that they're you're too expensive for them. You know, like what's the point of that? You're just wasting everyone's time. So I think having like a starting point price is like really key and helpful, especially like, you know, especially for the higher price services. Like you don't want people like having a budget of like a hundred and then you telling them your services cost, a thousand. you know, like that's, yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. It kind of levels out those expectations right from the get go. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, and then even if your services are higher, like, It allows the pricing conversation to kind of transition a lot easier. Like if you have them on a consult call, you'd be like, "Hey, you know, I know that you saw my website. You know, the starting at price is this." Instead of being like, "By the way, this is the price," and then like mic dropping, like the price, like (laughs) right on their head.
0: Right, right, yeah. I think I think that's really key. And there's there's still points where people will still email you even when they can't afford you. And then they're like, oh, my budget is this. And you're just like, well, you, you saw my prices on my website. Nothing you can do about that. But and it, it does weed out most of those people. Like, there's still people who come to me and they're like, my budget is 100 to $200. And I'm like, well, there's not much we can do for
1: you. And you're like, hey, this is here's the link to my blog section where you can <laughs> DIY.
0: Yeah, exactly. Or here's, here's, a, here's a course for $97 because, yeah. Yeah,
1: or I mean, like, you could even offer like consult sessions oh. like I offer consulting if people don't have the money but like they really just don't know what to do they don't have to if they don't have the budget for a completely hands-off solution I can walk them through it exactly which so is like you still yeah you're still getting like expert feedback okay. expert solutions it's just like you're not paying for me to actually do it which is obviously a little bit more pricey exactly. than it would be for you to do it Exactly. So I mean, that's a, that's a really good way to kind of bridge the gap too.
0: Yeah. I love that. So what are some other mistakes that you can think of that people are making? <sighs> <I>
1: mean,
0: <laughs> those are like
1: my top three ones. And then the pricing one is definitely another one. Um, website speed oh, yeah. is, still, is still an issue. Yeah. Um, especially images you cannot upload an image that is 5,000 pixels wide to your website. Yeah. Um, Especially like if you're a photographer, you're uploading so many images to your site. Your site is going to slow down so much quicker than somebody else. Um, So you definitely like the way to kind of combat that is you want to resize the image to be exactly what size it's going to show up on your website. So because if you don't, let's say you upload that 5,000 pixel wide image, the Mm -hmm. browser actually has to download that 5,000 pixel wide image and then re-download the image size that the browser or that the user actually sees. So it sounds super techie, but basically you're making the browser do twice as much work. So then it's super slow. Yeah,
0: that's,
1: that's definitely, definitely a huge thing that I still see or like double check how your website looks on mobile because when it comes to like SEO, for example, Google only ranks your site now based on your mobile version.
0: Oh wow. I didn't, I didn't know that. That's, that's handy to know. Like cause there's still people who have like pop-ups that take over the entire screen on mobile and that is probably not helping them whatsoever.
1: <laughs> um, yeah. Especially if like it's way too, like if there is no obvious X button, Mm -hmm. you know people are losing they're just they're not going to stick around on the website to try to find out how to close out this pop-up like it's just not going to happen they're going to end up leaving the website completely go away yeah Yeah. so yeah mobile um like how your website works on mobile is
0: definitely another huge thing totally do you have any qualms with like uh pop-ups in general i know like for me i'm not a huge fan of pop-ups unless they have like a purpose. Cause like a lot of the time people have it say like, subscribe to my newsletter and it's not really anything like super beneficial for people. So um, to me it just takes up valuable real estate when they're not really even promoting anything super good anyway.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I mean, yeah, you definitely want to have a purpose. So if you're just having people subscribe to your newsletter all you're kind of doing is making people mad with that because if people wanted to subscribe to your newsletter, they would have found a way to like subscribe to your newsletter. <laughs> um, so I usually suggest if you're going to have a pop-up, have an exit intent pop-up. So yeah. where like, you've given people time to search on your website, to browse it, to learn about you. And then when they go to either click the X. On your website or click that back button it's like oh but wait like here you missed out on like this free guide and then offer something that's like really valuable to them yeah Um, one thing is just definitely do not have a pop-up right away so as soon as somebody lands on your website people don't know yet. all they're gonna do is click the X button and now you're training them to click the X button as soon as a pop-up happens on your website
0: they'll probably click the X button and then click the other X button and I <laughs> completely like, they were like, no girl, I'm good. Yeah. It's yeah. like, yeah. Some things that, I, another thing that, uh, it's not something that's like physically, like people can see, but when people's, you, like you mentioned, people's websites are slow, but the, a lot of the time it's because, um, at least for WordPress users, like they have like too many plugins and like half of them aren't even being used. So that's something that bugs me, like when people's websites are really slow. And like a lot of the time, I feel like it is because they just have like so many plugins bogging it down.
1: Yeah. Yeah. When it comes to Word, the cool thing about WordPress is plugins. The bad thing about WordPress is, is plugins? plugins. Yeah. <laughs> so when it comes down to that, I usually tell people, um, so really write down like the main focus of your site. Like what's super important, like prioritize those things. If it's not a priority, shut it down. Yeah, I love, so, like, I love
0: that.
1: Yeah, like so many people have like the bells and the whistles. They want this super cool functionality. But listen, if your site's taking too long, it doesn't matter what kind of fun functionality you have. You're losing people. Yeah. And and there's so many studies that show, honestly, that the more minimalistic and the more focused, a website is the better it is with conversions the more results you
0: see totally yeah i think that's really key and then another thing is i know you kind of did mention this already but i think like your homepage needs to be really like the if you're going to focus on anything on your website your it needs to be your homepage cuz that's like where people are most likely going to land the most often other than like a blog post or something coming from social media so i think that's really key to have a really like nicely laid out and easy to follow homepage, I would say at least.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So a few things about like your homepage is you kind of want to have it be like a jump off point. Like people are going to go to your homepage. Okay. Now you want to segment them. Where do you want them to go? Get like the people that are interested in your services to go over here, get the people that are interested in reading your blog posts, tell them to go over here. So it's like a kind of a jump off point to get people into the right journey that they need to get to essentially. Yeah. And then it's like you need white space. You don't want the design itself to be overwhelming. And yeah. then you also want to balance the content with the visuals. You don't want too much content, but then you don't want too many visuals either. Yeah, I think so it's different. really yeah, it's really just finding that like balance and you know, there's this big myth that like you have to have all of these things like above the fold or like you have like users aren't scrolling and that's that's not true. We've been trained to scroll, but like these visuals in your content need to kind of excite people to scroll. They want to be like, Ooh, ooh, like what, what else is here? What, you know, what other things does she have going on? What services does she offer? What, what problems is this person providing solutions for? Totally. So yeah, those are all really important key components.
0: And I think like, if you feel like people aren't going to scroll, then make your header and hero image with the text on it very compelling so that people are like, Ooh, this sounds great. I'm going to scroll and see what's next, you know, versus like, if that's your like mentality, then like do something about it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, like, also think about how you use the internet. You as a user, like if you land on a site and it's like, I help people do X, Y, and Z and you're not that person, then you're leaving.
0: Yeah, but if that that resonates with you, then you're
1: like, ooh, okay, cool. Yeah, but if you're interested in what they see, then you're gonna scroll to find out more information. We're curious human beings, man. We would love to know what you got (laughs) going on. Um, So, and I, I know some people might get weird about, well, you know, I don't want people to leave my website. You know what I mean like some people are like well I don't want them to come on my website and then not see solutions that are there for them or I don't want people to leave my website I have services for everybody. And that is a huge problem because nobody has services for everybody. Like if you're
0: trying to help help everybody you're helping nobody. Totally 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 even that's like if you have like a VA agency that can do everything Like, you at least, like, if you do offer all of them digital marketing services or something like that, you at least want to have, like, a specific type of person that you help. You don't want to be like, I help everyone in the online space do everything that needs to be done in the online space. It needs to have, like, some kind of balance, whether you're helping, like, I help female entrepreneurs versus, like, I help everyone do everything. Like, I help female entrepreneurs do XYZ versus, like, I help everyone who breathes do XYZ.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And even like differentiating the online business owner versus a brick and mortar business owner, okay. they like have two completely different needs. Yeah. So it's like helping everybody. To, like, okay, Are you helping agencies? Are you helping local people? Are you helping online people? Are you helping, you know, like what problems are you solving? If somebody comes to you with a big, massive website agency and wants you to do their social media, are you prepared to do that? or are huge large corporations not your target audience yeah
0: yeah you really have to like kind of narrow that down because if you're trying to help everyone you're helping no one in the long run that's what i like to say yeah cool yeah
1: yeah exactly
0: well that that is really helpful and i think that'll help some people that um you know could have been struggling with you know the structure of their website or maybe are trying to revamp it and make it more um Appealing to their ideal client. So now let's dive into the three questions that I ask everyone that comes on the show. So, what's the mean for you to be an entrepreneur and what is your
1: favorite part about it? Oh, this is such a good question. I feel like I could literally talk about this for four years. Um, <laughs> so, to me, being an entrepreneur means bringing your gifts to the world. So, it's connecting with your audience and essentially helping them solve a problem. Um, like, the cool thing about the world that we live in is that, like, every human is so different. So our perspectives, our solutions and ideas are all so different. And when you're in business, like when you're a business owner, you get to focus in and thrive off of that. Yeah. So you get to help people in a way that nobody else in the world can because nobody else has your brain. Totally. Um, and then it's also being a problem solver. So like life itself is filled with problems that need solutions and business is just like a way to get creative with it. So like regardless of the industry that you're in, when you own a business, you become a professional problem solver. And I don't know, I've been, I guess, always obsessed with solving problems. So (laughs) I guess that's what really ties me into the whole thing. Um, But my favorite part is definitely hands down the
0: flexibility. Yeah. Uh, I think that's pretty much like across the board is what typically people say, like freedom or flexibility or whatever. And I I agree. I just think it's so nice to be able to kind of, if you don't want to offer a service, you do not have to offer it. That's the beauty of it. Not only is it flexible, like with what you can offer, but also like the timing and everything. I just think it's, it's such a wonderful thing and it's not meant for everyone. Like not everyone can be an entrepreneur because it it does take a lot of like Self motivation, because yeah. no one's saying like, "Hey, girl, you need to do this today." If you wanted to watch Netflix all day, you could, but it wouldn't make you any money unless you had your stuff together. But it's just like you don't have someone telling you exactly what you need to do every day, and you no, know, not everyone can work like that. Some people do need someone telling them what to do, and that's completely okay. But it's just nice to have the option. Like, if you are self motivated, then being an entrepreneur is amazing.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like, honestly, having a set structure of rules for doing things has never really gone too well for me. I have realized that it just it really stumps my creativity. So like, I get the flexibility to choose, you know, how I help people and what I help them with. But like, just like you kind of mentioned, like, I like being able to set my own hours. Like sometimes, honestly, I'll work 10 hours a day hammering out a project. Yeah, but sometimes I'll only work 15 minutes in a day to literally answer an email. It really just all depends on my workflow. But like at the end of the day, I'm in charge of my schedule. And Mm -hmm. if I'm feeling drained midday, I have the flexibility to go to the gym or have lunch with a friend to get me out of a funk.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So Mm -hmm. instead of like, you know, sitting at a nine to five and like having to be there from nine to five and like not feeling productive or feeling drained, I have that flexibility to do things in order to motivate me or inspire me or to like refill my tank essentially. And I think that that just makes, I don't know, the quality of my life so much better.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And I think since we are so passionate about what we do, like, at least for me, I tend to spend a lot of time working, and it doesn't feel bad for me, but if I was spending the same amount of time working for a corporate job, I would not feel the same way that I do now. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? But it's just different when it's your own thing. And I just think it's nice to be able to like, for me, I get to go like the 10am Zumba class um, with all the other like housewives or whatever. <laughs> or housewives. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: for sure. And like, it's just, I don't know, it's exhilarating to be able to wake up and not have to listen to somebody else tell me what the most important thing to do that day is. Like, it's up to me.
0: Right. And I
1: think that that's really my favorite thing. And the fact that I can grab my laptop, fly to Europe and
0: still get work done. Like, it's so nice. It's so nice. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's just, you can work from pretty much anywhere that has an internet connection. So it's just, it's wonderful. Um, so next up is, what is your favorite tool that you use in your business? Um, I am a tool junkie personally, so I, I really love this question. I like to I always like to know what other people use in their business because it's always interesting to hear. So if you have like a favorite tool that you use, this can be pretty much anything, um, but just something that you feel like you can live without.
1: Um, yeah. Okay. So I definitely have a few. So the basic ones are Sato for yeah. client management, obsessed with it. Couldn't run my business without it. They really, really like hit the nail on the head with organizing all their systems and everything for creatives. Um, and then Google Drive. So it's like super basic, but like just the fact that I can have everything like in a cloud Accessible from like my browser, and then having all of my shared documents, I have different folders. Like my organizational structure in Google Drive is like ridiculous. <laughs> um, it is like it is just so ridiculous. Um, but then there's this other tool that I kind of wish that everybody would always use. It's called Hotjar. Oh yeah. And yeah. So it's essentially like a heat map for your website. So it's free. And you set it up on your website, you embed this code, and what it does is it tracks how users are seeing that page. So you can see like where people are clicking, where their mouse is going, um, yeah. where you're losing them. So like scroll to the bottom of your homepage. Is anybody even getting down there? Yeah. Yeah. So and that's it also help So Google Analytics like mm-hmm. up 45 notches because it gives you just that visualization of that.
0: Yeah, and you can also, like, I think that can help you, like, oh, okay, well, I really want people to see this. They're not getting down here where it actually is. Maybe, like, move it up a little bit so that, you know, if you have an email opt-in at the bottom and it's nowhere else on your homepage or wherever, you can move it up to the middle and maybe, like, more people will opt-in. Just kind of, like, yeah, kind of like that. I think that yeah. helps because you don't get that from Google Analytics. You just know how many people visit the page, but you don't know where that they actually, like, were on the
1: page. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So I think that that's a really, really powerful tool. And, you know, it could also help you with copywriting, too. So you could, you know, do different tests, maybe for a month, have your text on your hero image, or like, as soon as somebody lands on your website, like, switch out that text and see what is getting people to click, like, that button to download the freebie that you have right yeah. there. Yeah, you know, like, it's just just to be able to test and tweak things to see what works the best for your audience because honestly you're not going to know unless you test it
0: totally yeah just like kind of experimenting and tweaking i didn't know they had a free plan so i now i guess i have something to do after we finish this episode <laughs> yeah
1: yeah they um in their free plan they allow up to 3 heat maps
0: Oh, okay. I, I mean, I think that's enough yeah. for
1: me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I mean, like, do like your uh, homepage, your services page, and then maybe like your blog archive page, or, you know, if you've got a whole bunch of stuff in your sidebar yeah. to see like if awesome. anybody's actually clicking on that stuff.
0: Cool. No, I, I definitely need to look at that, but awesome. And then lastly, who is your go-to business resource? Just, is there someone out there that you feel like always puts out like really wonderful content you're always consuming it or you feel really inspired by what they're doing. Um, anyone like that?
1: Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I definitely have a few, so I'd say Gary V is probably one of my favorite people to binge watch Mm -hmm. because his videos are like short. Yeah. Actionable, no fluff. And he's like a tell it to you straight type of person. And I just, I, I honestly just respect the hell out of him. um, And then in terms of like for resource for learning and keeping up with the industry, Brian Dean from Backlinko and Neil Patel are two like industry leaders that I could seriously just get lost in their content for hours. Um, But in terms of like for inspiration, my online business friends and like complimenting industries, I just love keeping up and connecting with people that I can collaborate with. And yeah, they just, what, what people are doing in the online business world, inspires me.
0: Right? It's awesome to see what everyone else is doing. Well, yeah, I will link all those people in the show notes and yeah, I I think Gary is like one of those people. It's like you either love him or hate him, but that's like what's so you I feel like that's how you get people you know to really follow you. Like you you have to be so polarizing that people either are attracted to you or they're like no. And there's like no Yeah, audience. and
1: like and exactly and like he just he finds his audience. He knows his people. Yeah. And if you're not not his type of person, then that's fine. You can be somebody else's. He doesn't need to sit here and make everybody happy.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And I think those are the people that do, do the best. Like, you know, they end up being the most successful because they have that polarizing, um, you know, element that they're either like, really like they're attracting their ideal people. And then, you know, I mean, you don't have to be as, as harsh as Gary Vee and as, like, uh, brash as him. But, you know, I feel like you just need to be polarizing in some way, shape, or form to make people really attracted to you. Um, So I think that's something that you can can all take some inspiration from. But, yeah, just tell us where we can find you. So your website, your social media channels, all that good stuff.
1: Yeah, so you can find me on my website at MariahMagazine.com. And then I do have a YouTube channel that I post like tips and tricks and tutorials, um, WordPress, Squarespace, SEO, all the really cool, exciting, <laughs> exciting stuff. Um, so that's Mariah dot video and that'll take you right over to my YouTube channel. And then on Instagram, I'm Mariah magazine studio and Facebook. I don't really use Facebook too much. I do have a Facebook group. It is the Now What hookup. And um, that's really awesome. I really love the people in there. And we do lives and, you know, just connecting with other website owners is just always really awesome. But yeah, Instagram and YouTube are probably my two main platforms. So yeah, yeah, if you guys have, you know, any questions about anything or you want to read more information about Google analytics or even like how to set it up. I have tutorials for that stuff on YouTube and on my blog. Um, and then if you have any other questions, just reach out to me. I love connecting with people.
0: Awesome. Well, I'll link all of that in the show notes for everyone to go and check out, but yeah, thank you so much for being here today. I really enjoyed chatting with you. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. You can find all the details from this episode by going to www.savvysocialr.com episode 112. Make sure to join the Savvy Social Media Babes Community Facebook group for daily prompts, updates on the podcast, and more. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. You can find us on the web at www.savvysocialhour.com. Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Savvy Social Hour and like our Facebook page at www.facebook.com slash Savvy Social Hour. New episodes will be released every single Tuesday and Thursday. See you next time.